LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome back to the second part of Healthy Relationships Between Men and Women on Church Teams. I think the other thing I've been reflecting on as well within that is, is what what do I what will I talk to people about and what won't I talk to people about in this work work context? And there's certain things which um, are reflecting the, the obvious ones we go to are well, no, obviously I will not talk about my marriage problems with a, a female staff member, but the staff member. But then they've got me thinking, well, actually I don't talk to the guys and my stuff. This is not a gender issue. In fact, I think that's been a helpful uh, distinction for me. Um, I, there's a relationship where I'm loving and caring for them, but there's certain things which I think in that in that context, um, I'm just I'm not going to push into, and it's not a gender thing actually. Uh, it's just about boundaries in relationship. Me being the boss, them being how do I love them in this space? How do I not complicate the relationship so that we actually move to get move forward together? Um, what would I say to one person, not to other? I think if I'm asking that question, I'm clearly crossing a boundary one or the other. Um, I think for me there's uh, there's a consistency that I want to have with the people that I work with um, that has nothing to do with gender, nothing to do with being male or female, even though I may love people differently because they are male, female, older, younger, experienced, not experienced. There's a wisdom question there for me. So I'm, that's, I'm wrestling in that space at the moment. Am I consistent in the way I speak to people? Um, what are the categories that... I think are helpful for me to have relationships in and not in. Um, now that may be different in a church context, I'm not sure. Um, but I'm not sure the people I work with are my accountability partners. Uh, I think recognising that is important. So, so what does it look like to do it well? Um, can I say, I, I have lots of examples, lots of personal experience of this being done well. So that's a really great encouragement of working on teams and with male colleagues who are warm and respectful and caring and sacrificial um, it, towards their sisters in Christ. So lots of really great things. And I have never had an experience of someone being inappropriate in terms of intimacy or emotional dependency. So lots of great examples out there. Um, I think in terms of the that kind of discipleship and encouragement, I've worked on teams and uh, with brothers in Christ who have um, really shown what that all of life discipleship looks like. So really encouraging me to grow in Christ, giving me good feedback on ministry, opening up the Bible together, praying together, celebrating what God's doing in our team, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's a really great thing that teams and and men and women in ministry can be doing together. And I, I, I can, like a little tip, a little side note, toolbox will come a bit later, but I can remember having this conversation with Bruce Hall early on um, when I was working with Geneva Push you know, how do you, yeah, how do you share with staff members your heart? Um, and how do you do that with the, you know, with the whole team so that, well, uh, and, and he mentioned the, you know, the, the sort of weekly devotion, um, the weekly sort of team meeting. That's a real opportunity where as you're opening the Bible, that's a good opportunity for you to actually be sharing yourself. Everyone's hearing it. You're not uh, only sharing it with one person on the, on the team, but it's coming in the context of you actually uh, opening up the Bible with them and discipling all of them as a team. And he said, that's a, you know, that's a great location to, to, to be vulnerable, to actually talk about yourself, but in a way that doesn't, um, you know, isolate someone or in a way that's, um, you know, not inappropriate. Um, my team knows that I've got no problems with um, with sharing. So, um, so I've got to be... Uh, it's I've got more, to... the problem is more with oversharing <laughs> than undersharing. 
Right. So yeah. what, what else, Joe? Well, can I just say as an aside, <laughs> I've noticed in our evening congregation um, after the sermon, most weeks there's a Q&A and I've noticed how that's a really good place for the senior leader to be sharing with the congregation. Often our young adults will ask really great, more kind of personal application questions and it's, it's a great chance for that kind of sharing. Um, I think also just um, teams where there's been a good amount of empathy and understanding, like a curiosity to hear what's different for each person, what's different about their context, just taking the time to understand that so and how that impacts on how people do ministry, uh, taking time to find out about family context. And I wonder, Derek, if, Derek, if it is different in a parish or a church context because, you know, the senior leaders seeing the husband or the wife or the kids or, you know, it's not the same as a parachurch organisation where, you know, it's more of a, mm. an organisation and employees. So just taking yeah. that time to find out about what's happening in people's lives, pray for them. Um, and where people have really worked hard to get to know the spouses of people on the team. So not just through the person that they're working with or serving alongside in the ministry team, but making time outside of that to get to know them, get to know their families, uh, for me to get to know ministry wives. Yeah, yeah we, d- we just did a really helpful thing through the Family Systems Institute with uh, Lauren Errington. So shout out to that. It was, a, it was really helpful. Talk about triangulation. One of the key recommendations that came out of that uh, conference or time together was uh, creating that one-on-one relationship yourself. So actually working hard to connect with the person in a triangle uh, yourself and have your own, you know, establish your own relationship. Um, not always hearing about Joe through Derek, actually talking to Joe about Joe uh, and building your own relationship with him. So that's a really simple, encouraging one-on-one, um, you know, relationships, not, uh, not finding out about someone yeah. through them. And simple to do. I've also heard uh, women say to me, and I've seen this, where the senior leader shows that they have the back. They're, you know, the, the women on their team shows that they have their back. So they trust their judgment, they ask their opinion. Uh, sen- the senior leader talks about the value of having women on their team and models that from the front. Uh, when, we, when we served overseas in church planning, the guys on the team just doing really practical things you know, organising a rickshaw, not really for Australian ministry, or, you know, organising <laughs> tradespeople, that kind of thing, just thinking about very practical ways to serve women on their teams. What about the sharing of feelings, though? So in terms of, you know, being emotional. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talk to me about emotions, Joe. No. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I do find sometimes I, I'm, I question emotions. You know, I was listening to a sermon the other day and the, the pastor regularly cried and I was like, what what is going you know what is going on like you know what's happening, um, but you like this is the beauty of a diverse team and a team they you know some will respond with a lot more energy than others, um, being present being able to understand it but also being able to hear that and see that yeah and there's a range of emotions like I think we tend to notice for example the woman on the team who might cry with something that's difficult for them or challenging but then we don't put in the same category the guy who gets angry mm. which is mm. which is also an emotion so just kind of understanding that people respond to things differently but also just feeling comfortable with that as a yep. team that people people will respond and have different ways of approaching things De- Derek I wonder if you can what about the importance of um, of ministry family connections and sharing your Sharing your whole family, I guess, uh, um, having your, your home, you know, as a place where your ministry team can come and be a part of. Well, I, one of the interesting things I think in the pastoral epistles is hospitality comes up again and again as a characteristic for leadership. Uh, it's it's there nearly well every time. Um, so I think 
I think that it has to be a part. Now, how you do it, you know, that's going to differ from person to person, family to family. Everyone's um, going to have different capacities. Their kids are going to be different stages. Um, uh, their marriage is going to be different different points. Um, but I think there is a power. There's a huge power in having other people in your home to see the imperfections close up. It's one thing to say it from the front. It's another thing for someone to, you know, see your parenting badly at home. Um, and, uh, you know, you want to see the, your parenting well as well at home. But just to see, you know, it's a struggle. You know, when I say it from the front, I'm not making it up. It's a struggle. But the beauty of it as well. So there's a modelling aspect, I think, I think that inviting people in, however you do it, uh, that's probably a different podcast at the moment, isn't it? But um, I think that, that builds, um, I think that builds strength, relationships, understanding, um, and probably that closeness covers over a multitude of sins in a whole number of other areas as well. Now, Joe, you've thought about this lots, so I kind of want you to give us the rapid-fire sort of tips and tricks. How, how, can, uh, how can men and women in ministry together maintain a sense of warmth without it being overly familiar? Yeah, I think reflecting on the Matt Chandler case, one of the issues was the kind of the isolation or the seclusion of the relationship. So the value of doing that as a team being able to have fun together, build relationships together, all of those things really work so much better in a group. Mm. Um, my husband and I were in a, a, like a WhatsApp group at our church uh, called The Adventurers. And, you know, it's like just a social group. It, it kept us sane through COVID. We did like online pizza nights and a whole bunch of stuff. But it's lovely because you can have the Australian banter. You can have all of that kind of stuff that's the warmth of friendships, but it's in a group and it's out in the open and there's none of those kind of issues around, yeah, that secluded, not overseen kind of relationship. So the importance of doing things as a team and as a group, getting getting those opportunities regularly. Yeah, but I think also just focusing on, I think the warmth comes from care for each other and fun. And I think the care you can do in lots of really practical ways. So understanding that people have lives outside of their roles, uh, you know, people meant someone mentions a prayer point about something that's happening in their family, following up about that, mm. asking how it went, praying for people, uh, remembering birthdays, you know, all that stuff that we do as teams or significant an- anniversaries. If there's been a bereavement as a team remembering that or as a, a leader, um, I've heard of senior leaders who notice the women on their team might look tired or like they're a bit overstretched and having another woman on the team follow up about that or just send a, a quick message and just say, I just noticed that you know, how are you going? Do you need some time off? That kind of thing. Uh, I think as team members, we can be checking for signs of burnout and fatigue in ministry and just encouraging and caring for each other in that way. And always, you know, in pastoral ministry, that debriefing from difficult pastoral care situations, just having someone to sit with and talk through that in an appropriate Mm. way. I think in this space, it's really good to think about the single women in those relationships and those teams and making sure that the team is a really safe space and a really supportive space for them. So I've heard of um, a senior minister who organised people to, um, a whole team of people to come and help one of the single women on the team move house because she felt embarrassed to ask for that. But it was just this lovely example of him noticing that need, organising something or when, the, when a single woman on the team was sick, it could be a single guy as well, but um, organising meals from the team and, and dropping them over. And even a ministry family who would, uh, um, a single woman on the team would go with them on holidays because mm. they realised it was just hard for her to do that. So they just have this lovely kind of family relationship. 
So just always asking, what would family do in this situation? If it was biological family and a healthy biological family, what would what would we do? But what about fun? You know, because one of the reactions to this could be, well, I, I'm going to pull off all my social media. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not going to make jokes anymore. I'm not going to be fun. I'm just going to be about the task and getting things done. Yeah. Listen, if the one outcome of this podcast was everyone decided to get off social media, I'm all for that. We have won. Uh, that's our aim. But I don't, think, I don't think that's what you're saying, Scott, is it? That is not what I'm saying, Derek. Uh, okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, Australians, we just like to have fun, rib each other about the football scores, rib each other about secondary theological issues, you know. But I think you, get, you can have meals together, days away, involve families you know I think there's so many things we can do where we have fun together I think as a group it's helpful or you know if you're going to instead of taking one person out to lunch take two people from your team out to lunch so then it's never inappropriate it's it's always fine whoever that is I think there's lots of things that you can do I don't know guys what do you do on your teams to have fun karaoke <laughs> um, no, in fact I was told I was told years ago not to do karaoke because there are a couple of people who hated it um, what do we do to have oh, fun? I think I think eating oh, together is really I think eating together is really important. Yeah. Um, but I, I I do think um, mixing it up, you know, and doing different things, you know. So we did this, you know, we did this great painting night where we all painted together, and that was that was wonderful to see. Like some people were really bad at painting, um, uh, and and that was that was that, that was a joy to see the people just different. Um, so I think <laughs> <laughs> inability. Not mentioning any names. <laughs> um, uh, so I think I think that's really important. I think it's, it's great to involve um, you know uh, husbands and wives too. Um, you know it's great to to see kids as well. So where you can do that, I think that's that that's hard on on some teams and and larger teams. So yeah, uh, and I think cross culturally as well. Yeah. Not using sarcasm. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's really important. So this is where yeah what's wholesome humour, what's inappropriate, that can change depending on the context. Um, you know, there's language barriers and, and a whole bunch of other things. So just being aware and careful of that. Yeah. I, um, we knew a team overseas when we were serving that um, had, I think, five different nationalities on it. And they used to gather board games that didn't require much language mm. so that everyone could play them together and they could have big games nights. But, yeah, things that everyone can be involved in. Now, I want to finish on a, on a, on a hard question. Um, what should someone do if they realise they're attracted to someone else, not their spouse, in a ministry context? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question to ask. It's kind of at the difficult end of things. Mm. I reckon this is going to happen to everyone at some stage, so it's worthwhile thinking about it beforehand. Um, uh, my encouragement would be just not to ignore it, um, but to actually talk to someone that you trust, that you're accountable to as quickly as possible, pray with them, ask them to be checking with you regularly and praying uh, with you about that. Um, yeah, because I, yeah, if it's left by itself, I think the issue with sin, if left by itself, unconfessed, uh, something that you, yeah, that's, that's not shared and you're not accountable for, the chances are it will grow. And with talking about that loneliness of people in leadership, uh, in that kind of environment, then that's that has more chance of it uh, growing well, and going in the wrong direction. I think this is where paying attention to self care is is really important. When you're tired, um, when you're not, you know, when you're in that burnt out phase, this is where you're more open to um, making the wrong decision. Yeah. So again, paying attention to good, you know, getting good exercise, um, uh, sleeping, you know, sleeping well, 
uh, working on your own marriage, working on your own you know relationships as well. So so they're strong. Uh, I think that's where you know we're, again with Geneva Push, we've just come back from our, our refreshed marriage retreat. I just think that's one of the most incredible things we do as a ministry, taking couples away for two or three days, investing in their marriages, getting them to turn towards each other and, uh, you know, and ask the hard questions. And, and one of the couples last week said that, you know, every time we put refresh on, this was where they had their big arguments and they had their big, mm. you know, their big fights. But, and I, I kind of went, like, you know, they joked about that, in the, but in the sense, this was a place where they obviously felt safe, where they had time to have it out. And it, and it created, you know, created greater intimacy and, uh, and greater strength in their marriage. So I think paying attention to those self-care things, uh, I think, is is important as well. Well, there's no kind of one thing today. Um, I think it's a really complex issue. I think this is a really, this is a really important thing to be talking about with your teams and to be intentional about. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you've got a number of different practical tips um, to help you navigate this really uh, important uh, area and topic in church life. But if we were to have one thing, <laughs> what would it be? Um, yeah, we've talked about some really practical things. I, I think I would want to say just to really value those male-female relationships and, and the different people who have been on, uh, placed in our teams as a gift from God. Um, Romans 12:10, Paul talks about honouring one another above ourselves. So just thinking, those pe- the people that God has placed in our lives, they're God's image bearers, they're co-heirs with Christ. How can we really value, respect them, give thanks for these relationships uh, rather than withdrawing from them? Thinking about how we can be the best version of the family of God, because I think that is such a witness not only to the church, but also to the outside world. Um, and so if we can do that well, that's fantastic. Uh, not al- valuing these relationships and so not allowing one case in Texas to change the way that we do every relationship, but also valuing them by giving that intentional thought and uh, time to making those relationships work and for them to reflect those brother-sister relationships. I think it's really important for gospel ministry. I think if we can have these healthy teams that are really effective and thriving and reflecting God's character, I think that's a huge win for the gospel. So I wonder whether, well, is my my quick one thing would be, I think well, maybe the starting point is I, teams having this conversation, being willing to, to ask how is it we we love each other well, work together well, uh, in order that people feel heard, valued, discipled, loved, all, all those things. I'm not sure, um, if you're leading a team, I think that may be you, you asking that question, being willing to hear, where it is you may be not quite getting it right, where it is your team needs to adjust. I think that might be the starting point for me. Great. Well, this is a really good discussion. I'm hoping this pushes into more discussions across ministry teams across Australia. Just quickly, just jumping into the toolbox, there's a link in the show notes to episode 180, Does Your Church Need a Women's Minister? Uh, You can hear Joe Gibbs talk about that. Uh, And also, she did a great workshop at this year's conference as well, How to Unleash 60% of Your Church. All your titles are very clickbaity, Joe, can I just say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> important to uh, probably have a look at the Matt Chandler video, so we'll just put a link in the, in the show notes to that. Uh, I thought they were very careful in how they handled that and, um, uh, and so well, worthwhile just having a look at that as a, as a response that uh, one church has, has made to this uh, tough issue. And then there's a new book out there. Can I uh, talk about that? It's called Embracing Complementarianism. Uh, Jane Tua. Australian and Graham Beenan, uh, a UK uh, pastor, talking about uh, complement, 
Terranism. So it's a new book that's just out. Uh, check it out in all good bookstops. Or go online to Wandering Booksellers. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Joe Gibbs. Derek Hannah. Chat soon.